Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This podcast was meant to be released during COVID. It never got released because I took a break from the podcast during that time. Um, I'm very excited to release it into the world now. I think this was a really good podcast. I really enjoyed learning more about how they made the book and the process behind it. And if you haven't checked out the book or the Instagram page, I highly recommend it. I'll leave the link down in the description below. Um, it highlights so many amazing creatives. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Bracken.Design. It's a great resource. Uh, more about them in the description below, along with a 20% discount. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. And without further ado, let's get into it. So uh, you're based in Ohio, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I've been, so I've been there, been there once, and it's, it's like the Columbus. Where, where about are you based? Because Columbus, I went to Columbus, I went to Akron. Okay. Uh, so Columbus is right in the middle. Akron's further north, uh, northeast, and we're southwest. So okay. almost on the Kentucky border. Nice. Cincinnati. Yeah. Nice. Cool. What's that? What's it like? What's that? What's that? Um, it's nice. The city's uh, big, busy. I mean, not so much, obviously, in the last year. Um, and then we're about uh, half an hour, 20 minutes outside of the city in a suburb called Loveland. So there's a little river, little downtown area, walkable. So uh, we have two daughters who are seven and almost ten. So we're in the burbs. Nice, nice. That's good. That's a good place to be. Um, yes. Now the reason I ask is because uh, maybe might come over and live there one day. Um, so I'm just thinking really? so, sourcing out places to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Why were you in Ohio before? Uh, so I went to a design conference called Creative South, and that's in Columbus, Georgia. Um, and I got friends who were, who were going uh, from Columbus, Ohio. And we just yeah. drove down. Um, <laughs> yeah. Originally, I thought it was in Columbus, Ohio, because I'd never heard of the yeah. Georgia one. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I found out it's in the other, completely other end of the country. But, it's um, funny. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such a cool, such a cool place. Um, and it's it's good to have probably more friends there than I do. Yeah, I do back home where I, where my parents live. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy it's crazy but uh, yeah i love america love it to bits but um yeah so we, we start, can we start off with who you are and, and what do you do yes um so my name is ariana Brorman. um i'm a designer i've been a designer for about uh almost about 20 years and um my husband he's also a designer and illustrator and uh just in the past year we um, wrote and launched our first book called they changed the game Nice, exciting. Yeah, I will definitely get into the book and everything. Um, but we, we, I'm interested in your background as well, because uh, I read on the website that you, you come from Eastern Europe, right? Or your parents so, did, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother and I are first generation born here in the U.S. Cool. Uh, my father's Lithuanian and my mom's Ukrainian. And actually, wow. they met, met um, in Chicago, in Illinois. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I grew up around. Um, you know, lots of different languages and um, food and music and the art and the culture of all of that. So yeah. that's like, that's my background from, you know, growing up. So what, what languages can you speak? Oh, um, I can understand Ukrainian and Lithuanian um, and speak a tiny little bit of both. And then I took French in high school. Um, mm. And actually, my parents speak French to each other. So my mom says that when I was a baby, um, and like just starting to learn how to speak and all of the grandparents happened to be over. Um, and she said that with all the different languages going on around the house, I ended up just barking to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was funny. Apparently, um, when, when you teach a baby languages, it's, you, have to, you have to constantly keep speaking to them in both languages. Otherwise, they'll sort of never get to one or the other. It's, uh, that's interesting. That, cause I, yeah, I wish I wish I'd been brought up with two two parents from different ends of the country or, or different ends of Europe or, or the world because there must be it must be fascinating learning the history and like f- feeling a pride of both countries. Yeah, definitely. It's well, it's funny with all of the languages that were in the house. My my mom especially because she teaches languages, she regrets right. not um, kind of instilling a you know bilingual um, having raising my brother and me to be like truly bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I definitely feel like that pride, especially like watching the Olympics. Like I've yeah. always rooted for the U.S., but also Lithuania and Ukraine. So <laughs> definitely, yeah, I, I've just done um, just done my twenty three and me. Uh, it's kit. I have sent it off. I haven't got my results yeah. yet. 
but I'm hoping there's something else other than English because I just <laughs> got to claw onto things. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to be a bit Danish or I don't know some some sort of, somewhere in Scandinavia would be lovely. <laughs> somewhere like Viking territory would be amazing, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's also a, there's a game called GeoGuessr. I'm not sure if you've ever played it, but uh, you, you basically get dropped off in a random country in the whole world and um, you have to guess what country you're in by lo- your location. You can go up and down roads and there's oh, different wow. levels to it, but it's a fantastic game. And I've been playing that and, and me and my girlfriend have been talking about traveling more and since coronavirus is easing up and lockdown's easing up, it's uh, exciting times and just trying to pick places to go. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, and traveling in Europe is so wonderful. I mean, you yeah. know, the countries are, you know, relatively small, you know, compared to the U.S. Where, I mean, there, there's great travel within the U.S., but to really see so many different cultures in Europe and to just be able to really hop from country to country there is, uh, I, I haven't obviously done it a ton, but you know, when I have gone to Europe and been able to do that, it's just wonderful. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, the Europe's very easy, especially from England. You get the Eurostar into into Amsterdam or Paris or mm-hmm. a few other places across France. But uh, my girlfriend's actually American. She's over there right now. Um, oh. And it's it's like a long distance relationship at the moment. Uh, oh. so it's, it's a bit tricky, but it's, it's it, we're making it work. But, um, but yeah, did, so you that's, here, did you meet in the U- U.S. or the U.K.? No, in the U.K., yeah. yeah. She's coming back in to do a, a, a university course um, end of September, but I'm going over going over in um, in July, hopefully. So okay. lots of traveling, but um, but it's great. I, I think it's fantastic to have yeah, both countries, and if, I don't know, we'll see if, if it does go that far and we have kids and things. It'd be amazing to see you know, the kid grow up as half American, half English, and what, yeah. what they prefer. And, and what kind of accent they'll have. Yeah, that'd be exciting. <laughs> uh, definitely gonna try and bring them more towards the English football side than the, the <laughs> of an American football. But uh, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get on to that stuff and sports and things. But uh, but uh, what's what's your like creative background and and your influences from traveling Europe and, and being from Europe? Uh, what's uh, how how do you bring that into your work and like what sort of stuff do you get taught? Yeah. Um... So growing up, I was always interested in uh, crafty stuff and drawing and making jewelry and all that kind of thing. Um, And then went to college for design, which is where I met my husband. Um, We were both going through the design program at the University of Cincinnati. Um, And then after that, um, right after graduation, we started our first jobs in 2003. Um, But we were always, aside from doing our um, like our day jobs, our nine to five, we were always uh, making things or uh, exploring different designy, you know, crafting mm. things. Um, and then we kind of started a side business um, making home decor. And um, it started out making greeting cards. And then we went into home decor and, you know, learned how to screen print and made um, pillows and fabric and lampshades, kind of taught ourselves how to do all of these things. Um, and then, uh, we did that for about five years and then started a family so that we kind of put that to the side. And then, um, after having our two girls several years ago, we started, um, our current venture, which is ink and craft. Um, and that's had its own evolution too, with between starting with, um, artwork and lino cut block prints, Mm. the evolution of the style of that now to, sports themed artwork and sports themed illustrations which then led into the book so it's I mean it's definitely been kind of a twisting road um figuring out you know the style and what we want to do and um, you know always in some kind of design field yeah definitely. have you always loved sports or why how come I'm always interested in why people have gone to do sports creative stuff rather than yeah. doing being very broad and then doing some sports creative stuff mm-hmm. um So uh, when we were first deciding to do this book, we were thinking about um, kind of randomly, we're having a conversation about creativity and how as designers, as artists, people who are outside of that design world would say to us um, like, oh, you're so creative, you're so talented. Um, But they would always kind of mean creativity in terms of artistic talent. Um, Like, oh, you're so creative. I can't draw a stick figure, that kind of thing. (laughs) And um, we were thinking about how creativity is not just, you know, an artistic 
you know, talent. It's not mm. just about drawing or painting um, and how creativity is really a different way of thinking about things yeah. um, in a different way of problem solving, really. And we were talking about um, how actually Tiger Woods, uh, my husband had just done an illustration uh, of Tiger Woods and we were talking about how he changed his sport through his innovation, how he trained like nobody else had trained, how he played like nobody else had played and the measurable impact that came from his play. So courses were made harder because of him. They coined it like the tiger effect. So uh, to keep up with that, other athletes had to, you know, up their game. And then we were just thinking about, well, what other sports are like that? What other cases are there where one athlete has come and there's a measurable difference before and after they played with how their sport changed or society changed because of something they did or how the world has changed because of that athlete. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, where, where all that came about. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, an amazing thought process. And what was uh do, do you remember the first time you, you thought, or how long ago was it when you, when you thought, okay, sports design, sports creativity is, is the route we want to go down? Um, in terms of the book, it was about a year and a half ago. We started talking about the book and a, slightly before that, when we were doing the artwork and the, uh, the lino cut, the block prints, that artwork, um, my husband started getting into that specifically with sports, just in terms of some of the sketches he was doing. Okay. Um, uh, the sketches where he wanted to show a figure in motion um, and show that moment of tension like just as somebody is um, shooting a basket or just as somebody is hitting a ball um, that, that moment where there's, there's energy that's um, you know, that's about to be released. Um, Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many ways you could show that. And there's so many amazing illustrators that show that motion and uh, Mm -hmm. different styles and different ways of doing it. Um, Do you have any like favorite artists out there? Oh, um, let's see. I mean, <laughs> there's, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's the old classical artists that I think, mm. um, that we've looked, I mean, there's Picasso who I think right. is just, you know, a, one of those forever greats. Um, and then there's other artists that we've just started working with on the book. Um, that have been wonderful to work with. There's a, a young artist who's actually, he's maybe the youngest artist that we have in our book, Nate Schweitzer. He's a student actually. Um, and his work is amazing. And one of the things that we loved seeing about his work, we gave him the story that we wanted him to illustrate. And then he would send back sketches and, you know, sh- there was some back and forth in terms of um, you know, art, a little bit of art direction, but mm. the sketches that he showed us with his thought process were just amazing. And all of the different iterations and what means what, and you know, his, how he wanted to bring that story to life. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, I look at all these people on Instagram and just, it's incredible. It's incredible how many, and even just the people in, in your book, it's incredible how many amazing artists are out there, um, yes. and doing, doing so many things. Uh, yeah. But then you think about athletes as well. There's so many athletes out there. I, it, I don't know how it compares. Like, I'd be really interested to know how many artists and how many athletes there are at the top level, if, if there's a considered... Do you, do you think there's a, a considered top level of... Because you, know, you have the Premier League, you have a, a sort of MLS or the top level of each each competition. Do you think there's like a top level of creative or like design? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's... That's funny because that's so subjective, I think. Yeah. Like, how do you quantify that, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Is that, like, how long you've been doing it or how many awards you've won or, um, I don't know, how consistent is your style? What? Um, mm. That's interesting. I think you can definitely tell, you know, comparatively, like, oh, this one's better than the other or I like this better than the other. Um, I don't know if if there's absolutely a, a top yeah. of the top 
<laughs> no, it's a bit of a loaded question Sorry. because it, it's. It, I don't think creative people would like to be put in a category like that. Um, right. Anyway, <laughs> which is uh, so I, I just, I'm interested in that because I'm I've always come from the, the sports perspective of everything's a competition and that's really hindered me at some points in my career like it's, it's made me a bit uh, aggressive at some points and and, and hindered um, some parts but since going into the sort of sports design industry and, and focusing I don't know two years ago on just sports design it's been um, it's been really nice to see like a growing community and finding all amazing people around the world who, who do yes. it and, and really uh, really connect with them rather than become competitive with them um, yeah Rather, because when you start, when you before you get into the industry, it's like everyone's a competitor trying to. That's what I, I was feeling. I was feeling like everyone was trying to be against each other. But when you start making friends with them and like become become sort of uh, colleagues, it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's great. And you congratulate people on getting work. And um, yeah, I, I really uh, really appreciate a lot more people now than uh, yeah. than before. They're looking at it from yeah, different lenses. I think it's I think it's easier and easier when people's styles are different and you right. kind of you know, push and pull, uh, like, oh, we're obviously not in kind of competition or uh, vying for the same thing because yeah. your stuff looks like this and my stuff looks like this. Definitely. Yeah. I, I go, going back to the uh, the Olympics and uh, World Cup and Euros and how, how impactful that is, because I mean, this year is a big, big year. Obviously, you've got the European Championships in football. You've got um, you got the, the, the Olympics as well. Um, which is strange because I don't know how often they could, do they come, how often do they come around each is it the same year every every time? For the Olympics? Olympics and Euros? I know it's every four uh, years, Olympics. Well, but. I mean, the Olympics would have been, obviously, 2020. So yeah. each of, you know, summers every four years, summer Olympics are every four years, winter two Olympics years. are every four mm. years, but it's offset. So every two years, there's an Olympic Games, either summer or winter. Yeah. So is it, is it so that, does that match up with the, the, the World Cup and then the Euros? So is, that, so is it the Winter Olympics the same year as the Euros? Oh, the, That's the World, not sure. World Cup. Yeah. It's a big year for sport is what I'm trying to say. Have um, <laughs> uh, you got any plans to, to make some stuff around around the Olympic Games or around um, big sporting events this year? Because obviously you've got the, um, the books come out, it's, it's released, it's what's, what's sort of the next? I know we haven't really talked about the book yet, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> <I'm jumping ahead. laughs> um, in terms of... Um, in terms of the book, um, we quickly discovered that, you know, this past year, 2020, was all about um, making the book. And now this upcoming yeah. year is really about getting it out there. Um, uh, so right now we're still focused on the book and, you know, making it a success and everything. Um, in terms of illustration, yeah, I mean, um, my husband, Matt, has, you know, in addition to working on the book, he has an illustration business and selling posters. So, mm. um, yeah, he's definitely working on some things for the for the summer games. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at your, your website. It's beautiful work. Really. It, right. it reminds me of the um, the old stamps you used to get the Olympic stamps. Oh and, yeah. Um, just I don't really know what era they are. I, I'm not even sure what era they are. Maybe 1950s, 20s. I don't right. know. All going through. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of the inspiration. Like right. uh, like you're talking about ink and craft. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah Inkandcraft.com. Yeah, it's like a um mid-century art deco yeah that's it. modern yeah yeah feel. Uh, do, do you guys have a collection of um of those stamps or is it just looking online online for inspiration no it's just um just kind of research and yeah um yeah kind of whittling down into that style yeah i, I it's, it's amazing how many stamps are out there that are beautifully designed and yes. i've been hooked on i've been hooked on stamps at the moment and creating loads of them for for Instagram at the moment, just, just as a practice piece. Um, but yeah, just, just getting such a cool design in that little tiny squares or rectangle yes. is amazing. Yeah. So I mean, you really decision. have to, when you're thinking about that as a final size, you really have to distill it. What yeah. are the essential elements that are going to, you know, make it down to that tiny piece? Yeah, definitely. Oh, what's uh, from a branding point of view or a standout, standout design point of view, what's, what's been your favorite Olympics? Is there any that like, spring out oh um because there's loads of posters i can think of and loads of iconic like designs but um yeah um actually what what stands out to me right now is um kind of in terms of the branding was beijing the mm. opening ceremonies and i remember 
the buildup for the ceremonies and how how grand and how um, epic and detailed those the Beijing opening ceremonies were like, mm. you know, the costuming and the music and the lighting and the dance and all of it was um, just so, so meticulously precise um, that I, yeah. you know, I really appreciated the orchestration of that was just amazing. Yeah, that was that was the first proper Olympics. Um, my first that was the first Olympics that I properly watched. Uh, you know, I was what ten. I remember, yeah, really, really paying attention to it, and then sort of falling in love with Olympic rings and um, the whole design and craft of it. I mean, for me, it's the Munich, the, the whole Munich. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but it, those posters. Uh, from, I think from, it was maybe seventy-two. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, seventy-two yeah. sounds right. But that, those, those are beautiful. And obviously the Lance Wyman Mexico uh, work as well. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a the, the classic Tokyo poster as well with the gold rings underneath the huge red red dot. It's an incredible yeah. poster as well. But uh, the thing is with all this stuff, you can you can go and collect all of it and have it in your house and have it on walls and things. But I, in the end, I mean, it's only so much, so much wall space you can have. <laughs> like, I'd want it all on my wall. I, I want it as... But, I've resorted to collecting its digital digital pieces now on uh, Pinterest. Or stamps. Stamps are much yeah. easier to fit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can have bookshelves of stamps. Um, yeah, but even, even yeah, digital, it's, it's fantastic having a folder. And like, rather than, I know Pinterest is great, but having a folder of, of files and you can look through them all and let, let, name them yourself and organize them how you want is it's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I like that. I like having a, like a digital collection of things. Uh, especially sports, there's so many things to collect. I, I, did you ever did you ever collect stuff when when you were uh, growing up, like sports cards or or anything? Um, my husband, my not my husband, my brother had a huge sports card collection. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my husband too. Uh, Matt collected baseball cards. Nice. Um, there's some beautiful baseball card designs out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was never a collector. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how much. Uh, maybe not. I, I I wonder how much that's because there's, there's a thing. There's there's definitely things tailored more to 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 boys and girls as a collecting when you're younger. And just just wonder how like sports cars and stuff if they're tailored more one way or not. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Because you have yeah, the, the World Cup stuff now coming out, which is great. I mean, it's fantastic to see that. Um, Panini doing women's stickers as well, and that's mm-hmm. you know, worth loads of money now as well, being the first sticker collection they put out there. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was just, uh, okay, I guess we could talk a bit about the book now. Um, so yeah, how, how did it come about? Like, what was the first idea and, uh, when, when did you first start talking about it? So you said it's about a year and a half ago, right? Yeah, it was about, I guess, uh, maybe October, 2019. And, um, yeah, like I said, my husband had just made that Tiger Woods illustration yeah. and we started talking about specifically him and the the innovations that he brought to his sport and then um we were thinking well what other stories are there and as we started digging into these we were finding so many stories I mean there were stories that we were finding of famous people of like typical greats and then we were finding all these other stories that were so much more obscure that Mm. really interested us um and just talking about, I mean, look at all these stories that, I mean, so many of them that we'd never heard of, how cool would it be to have a whole collection of these? And as designers, well, mm-hmm. if this, if the whole spirit of this book is celebrating creativity and how each of these athletes did something creative or, you know, made a change in their, in their sport, how cool would it be to pair each of these stories with an illustration and really have it be, um, you know, a collection of creativity, not in only in terms of the content of the stories, but visually and to, you know, bring artists on for this project from all over the world to, to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. I mean, what's uh why, why a book like, well, cause you could do, you know, postcard sets or, or is a book the, sort of the first thing you thought of, or did you discuss other, um, really, yeah, we didn't really talk about doing it as um, as anything smaller than a book, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I don't know if it's because we both come from a design background. And um, so, you know, my husband is more, Matt is more on the, has always been more on the digital side, making websites and uh, animations and that kind of thing. 
And then my background is more in print. So, um, you know, we're, we're both familiar with page layout and designing a book and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah we always wanted it to be a book and have it be like a substantial, um, a substantial and, you know, final piece. Yeah. I apologize. I haven't got the book myself. Um, is it, how, how big is it? Like, is it a coffee table book or is it? It is. Okay. Nice. I <laughs> love a coffee table a book. coffee table book. It's about, um, nine inches by 11 inches. Um, it's 50 stories. Um, so each nice. story is paired with, um, an illustration. Um, yeah, so it's like a, it's a, you know, kind of substantial coffee table book and we wanted to do it. Um, we wanted like, this is our first book. We really wanted to do it justice. And I think as designers, we were kind of extra picky about some of the things like, you know, we wanted it cloth bound with, a, with a silver foil stamp and <laughs> a dust jacket and, you know, nice paper and, you know, met with printers and chose all of that stuff. So, yeah. And I think we, um, you know, we published it ourselves. So we got to do all of the, all of the detailed nitty gritty stuff that was important awesome. to us for this. Yeah. That's that. I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, I, I've got a few few designer friends now publish their own books, and it seems like it seems like you have the most control that way, and, and you can do it yeah. really the way you can. But does that does that mean you've got uh, you know you have to do a lot more promotion as well, or or is that not the case? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all us. So okay. um, I think yeah, there's a couple different ways to go about it in the publishing world. From you know the research that we've done, and you can go the traditional route with you know, an agent and a publisher, um, yeah. or you can kind of go at your own and have the control to make it just how, how you want it and, you know, promote it and all of that. So we're doing it independently at this point anyway. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think it's a, uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. And there's so many, that's the thing about the sports design world. There's so many individual public publications now that it's, it's, and they're all beautiful. They're all because they're from designers. They're all amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, Again, it's one of those things you can have collections and collections of. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, and there's a fascination with books from designers as well. There's, there's something about having you know, something that could live on a screen in a book and taking it and making it physical, like you said earlier on about having a physical thing. So uh, something special about it and, and choosing the paper and choosing the you know, cloth covers. And it's, uh, yeah. it's lovely. Did you, did, you, yeah. did you agree like on the on the covers and stuff and the paper weights and like or or, or did you, is, is there one one side that got the like did you just, no yeah. fortunately <laughs> i mean we've been working on design and uh different projects together for literally for decades now we worked together on different things when we were in school you know okay. then dating and you know so fortunately and i've said this before like luckily we have very similar tastes and things it, you know it goes all the way down to how we decorate our house yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah luckily we're very much on the same page about um about all that kind of thing nice that's good that's good yeah is it is it hard it, well i guess it sounds sounds good it sounds easy but uh is it how is it dating another or, or being with another creative as a partner because that's something that i always considered and i always I always wondered um i think um for us our personalities very much complement each other's he's very much more um big picture um and i'd say in terms of starting your own business he's much more fearless and entrepreneurial just by nature his family he comes from a family of uh, farmers who have started their own businesses so that's kind of just um it's kind of in his blood and his view of it is more like is like um like what's the worst that can happen like mm-hmm. if it doesn't work and then we go try something else. Um, and then my side, I'm much more detail oriented. Um, and so in terms of working on a project like this book, I'm definitely the one who goes through and picks out all the typos and, you know, we both worked on the stories and the layout and all of that. Um, and he has much more of a big picture view and mine's much more. Mm. Very, very complimentary then. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's nice. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I always wonder, cause it'd be 
hard to to do it with someone that's always critiquing your work all the time. But if you can work, you know, work together, it's amazing. Because even even with my current girlfriend, I ask her, oh, what, "What do you think of this?" And as a non-designer, as a non-typical creative person, um, it's like it's just, sometimes can be a bit hard. I think like asking for feedback off of her. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I th- yeah, it's, 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 as a teacher, teach us some design, uh, <laughs> design <laughs> principles. Um, but yeah, go, go, going back to the book, uh, the story and, and all of the individual stories. How, what was the most pleasing story to hear, um, and, and maybe maybe the one you connected with the most, mm. like the, the favorite athlete, I guess. Yeah, um, for me, my most favorite story of the whole book is probably Doug Allison. And he's for several reasons. Um, he's a baseball player who played for the Cincinnati Reds. So there's, mm. you know, like a natural affinity for him just being a, uh, like a hometown hero kind of person. Yeah. Um, he I don't know how familiar you are with baseball. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, a catcher I know the teams. stands behind right. the hitter. Yeah. He has to catch the ball. And now everybody wears a big leather glove to catch the ball. But, you know in the late 1800s, they just didn't, they did all of this barehanded. So the catchers, their hands were getting just completely mangled, um, broken bones and bloody fingers. And they, the catchers had to like take, take several days off between games so that their hands could heal. And it was just considered not manly, um, to wear gloves. Um, like these guys would get made fun of if they wore anything to protect their hands. But um, this catcher, Doug Allison, was among the very first to kind of put that all aside and, you know, say, this is my job. If I'm going to keep doing this, I have yeah, to do yeah. something to protect my hand. So he started wearing a glove um, and then eventually gained more popularity. And now it's, you know, like a quintessential part of the game. Mm. Um, so that I thought was an, a really interesting story just um, in terms of kind of the lore of it. And then the illustrator that we had create the, um, the piece for it. He's a Cincinnati guy. Um, and his piece is the illustration he created for the book. It's gritty. It's all in, um, it's just like pen on paper. The mm, illustration. I've seen, it actually. I've seen this one. But it's, uh, oh I, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And most I'd say all of the other illustrations for the most part show, um, show the athlete um, either in action or kind of as a, as a portrait, you you see their face, but for this particular illustration, it's just the hands, these gnarled, you know, mangled hands in front of the face. Um, so it's, it's gritty and it's rough and it's dirty and it's perfect for the content of, um, of the story. So I really liked, you know, how those kind of, went together for it for sure nice and there's something special about having someone from cincinnati do the illustration for it as well which is yeah uh, it's, it's something actually we're, we're trying to look at um uh at the football club i work for in, in england uh, arsenal we're definitely trying to you know get creatives that support arsenal from that area or from mm-hmm. london at least and um you know got a real connection to the club uh, i think someone having that illustration from the place where you're doing it from has a bit more background about it and it has a bit more, I don't know, a bit, a bit more um, taste of that area, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because the person who would have grown up with all the influences of that city or that place. Um, so, yeah. Uh, is that a consideration you did with, with most of the um, with most of the artworks or has it just happened to be that one? No. Um, as much as we could, I think we tried to do that. Um, we had... Uh, we had women illustrate the female athletes oh, that man. are in the book. Um, and we definitely tried um, to have a broad range of countries represented and to, you know, to represent all of the different sports. That was something we were, mm. you know, very conscious of. And to ha- also to have um, artists whose styles would complement the, the tone or the flavor of the story. Some of the stories are, you know, lighthearted and fun. Um, That's a good point. And, you know, easy reads. Um, and we tried to match illustrators whose work was, you know, on the lighter side. And then we have other stories in the book that are, you know, darker, more tragic. And so we tried to match illustrators whose whose work was darker for those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously you had uh, a friend of mine, Geo Law, um, do one of the yes. illustrations. 
he's, he's incredible i love his work yeah um, he's awesome. who's uh well, first of all how did you find him and, and what, what did he do what what uh, illustration yeah so um well first of all for all almost all almost all of our illustrators we found online you know in the marvel that this you know period in history allows <laughs> everything's yeah. online so we found people through instagram through behance just looking at people's portfolios online and then contacted them and you know tried to find a good mix of styles and people from all over the world um and then so geo did um he did rodney mullen who's um a straight street skateboarder like the godfather of street skateboarding and he did um let's see daryl dawkins who was a basketball player who made these like outlandish dunks and named them all (laughs) so it was like fun light story his nickname was chocolate thunder i'm just looking at his website now and they're on there yeah yeah oh okay yeah 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 so he did several for us and candy cummings right uh yes Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's so, yeah, amazing. Yeah. 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 He's, 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 I love his work. So, so there's good energy around his work as well. It's, if mm-hmm. it was very, uh, very, I don't know, energetic life. Yeah. Yeah. Sk- skateboarding is a strange sport, isn't it? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever do you just think that's a weird sport? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, it's a British thing. I don't know. Like, if you, I don't know how familiar you are with Rodney Mullen, but especially, um, okay. No, not so. <laughs> a lot of people, when Sorry. they think of skateboarding, they think of like the half pipe, the, you know, Tony yes. Pock, who's, yeah. you know, like soaring through the air and doing these, um, you know, kind of death defying tricks. And, uh, Rodney Mullen, his dad, uh, was extremely strict and said, you know, if you're going to be skateboarding, you're not going on any ramps. You've got to do it covered in pads with a helmet and you're basically you're not leaving the ground. So he kind of decided, well, if these are my constraints, I mean, this is what I have to do. So he completely reinvented tricks just flat on the ground. Um, and because of those limitations, um, you know, he, he totally innovated the sport of street skateboarding and, you know, not flying up in the air and, um, you know, wild tricks, just using, using all edges of the board. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, skateboarding is, although I say it's strange, it's, it's, it's I can't do it. I think that's why I find it strange. I think it's uh, such a clever balance. Uh, it's like the, the physics balance, of it is amazing. Yeah. 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 It blows my mind when you see, you know, like, like you say, Tony Hawk do, do some, the tricks even um sean white i think we're watching him at the olympics yeah. it's just just incredible um just it does probably one of my favorite things to watch at the winter olympics always mm-hmm. always tune in for him always want him to do well and, and see to the best of him um does he still does he still do it is he going to yeah. compete in the next one uh i don't know if he's competing um in the next one but i follow him on instagram and see yeah. his you know his videos and his all of the stuff that he's because he's dyed his hair now. He's still he, he, doing he's got, it. He's gotten rid of the ginger hair. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no more flying tomato. I don't know yeah. if he was ever a fan of <laughs> a fan of that nickname. But yeah. He's a good looking guy now. <laughs> long hair. He's definitely better now. He's got rid of the long hair, that's for sure. But um, yeah, incredible. Incredible athlete. So things with skateboard, skateboarding and snowboarding, I find as well, the bravery to, to do that. Yes. Um, no wonder they need the arm knee pads, but... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with with football, it's not. I mean, yeah, you can you can tear your ACL or tear ligaments and stuff, but there's not a lot of like jumping the, the air. Ground. Yeah, <laughs> there's exactly. not that part of fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, is there is there any uh, any other stories or any the athletes you, you researched really surprised you uh, in a way or, or or something you didn't know? Um, I think we learned we learned a lot from a lot of them. Um, there's a there's a broad range that we have in the book of mm. athletes who changed either their sport or changed things, you know, through society. We have Billie Jean King, who I think is, um, you know, one of the most quintessential, you know, stories of female mm. athletics and, and, you know, women empowerment. Um, one of the stories that I thought was interesting that we have in the book is Babe Ruth, another, you know, famous Titan uh, of baseball. Yeah. We have him in the book, not, for um his athletic prowess really being a 
an amazing hitter and pitcher, but because he was the first celebrity athlete and he was the first to like, um, to like have a publicist and to, to really self promote and make himself bigger, bigger than he was. And to, you know, become the legend Mm. that he was through, you know, advertising and being in movies and, um, you know, getting the word, being like a marketing legend and, and building himself up that way, which we thought was really interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. The, the whole, celebrity aspect of sports stars these days as well. Mostly the more media coverage you have. And I just think of someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, the, you know, the, the footballer, yes. um, Portuguese footballer. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like one of the most followed people on the earth. He's, he's yep. I can't, I don't want him to retire, but I can't wait to see what his, his like legacy is going to be. <laughs> um, and, and see what, what happens afterwards and how history, history, especially remembers this Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi argument as well. Cause mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Really interesting. Because um, I think, I mean, for, I personally, I think they're both past their footballing peaks, mm. and the, neither of them have won a World Cup, which is like the main, the main thing. Um, and this was, there was this argument earlier on that I was listening to on, on YouTube about Pele, and they were saying if Pele was, because people remember him as being one of the best footballers ever, yes. and and so many World Cups and, and and did amazing things, but people people say that. Um, if he played now, he would be nowhere near the starting eleven of any team, because mm-hmm. <laughs> of the, the physicality of the difference in in physical yes. um, athleticness. I don't know what the word is, but right. you know, athleticism. Yeah. yeah, athleticism. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Now compared to the you know the sixties or, or or earlier, um, obviously. But then you've got to take into consideration the the athletes of their time, um, right? And and the best of their time. Yeah. Uh, Actually, we have he's. One of our stories is yeah. about like, the legend of number ten and Pele and Maradona and mm. yeah, that's what, that's a yeah, classic number in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, do, do you do you know much about football? Or do you, like, have you have you done much research into obviously the number ten? Um, we did we did so research into specific stories about you know. Yeah game-changing uh moments or players that kind of thing but in general i have to say i don't <laughs> don't no, follow no. european football all the time no it's, it's all good i just i just said that because i think you know this idea the concept of taking um you know, magic magic moments throughout uh, history and, and they're being they're being really really relative to whoever's viewing the book as well because you could have mm-hmm. one just on liverpool football club or one just on a certain sport or a certain football club um and really make them relative to, to something. Yeah. Just saying there's so many possibilities with this idea of, of taking something and then creating an amazing artwork around it. Um, I know Scott McRoy did a, a, a 99, um, club, uh, book, which was, mm-hmm. uh, based on Pez, which is a football game over here. Um, actually it's worldwide, but it's, it's pro evolution soccer and it's the best players who, who get 99 rating. And there was so many of them and okay. he got illustrators to do a book of players that were 99 rated in the game. Um, and that was cool. It was really, really cool. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Do, do you guys have any, uh, more, more plans even, you know, after a couple of years to do another series of this or another, another episode of the book, another episode, another um, version? <laughs> issue. <laughs> Yeah, issue. That's God. My words um, aren't going well today. If, uh, yeah, I mean, if this book continues to be a success, we would love to do, yeah. you know, a, another thing like that. Um, we've talked about, it, and it's interesting because we've had a lot of when we were first starting it out, we were reaching out to artists, obviously, and saying, you know, this is our idea. Is this something you'd be interested in contributing to? And getting people on board. And since releasing the book, we've had so many artists come to us saying, oh, if you do something else, you know give me a call, let me know. We'd love to be part of it. Um, but yeah, it was um, in all the different iterations of all the different graphic design things that we've done. This is like by far the the project that I've been most excited about. It's just, it's been a dream to work on. And it's been so cool to collaborate with artists all over the world, how we did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we would love to do another one. Yeah. Collaborations. I, I don't know. There's a lot of people who do it, but I don't think it's done enough in our industry. I mean, we, we, we could we could do so much more uh, collaboration wise. Even even though there is quite a lot going on, um, I think there'll be there'll be you know, there's a lot of artists that could just even as a personal project, just say hi, I really like your work. Let's do something mm-hmm. together. It'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. I really like I really like to encourage that. Um, and, and this book shows that you know all these all these people coming together. 
Yeah, and we wanted to really um, art direct it as minimally as possible, for sure. Like we wanted, you know, we we're choosing these artists for their style and for what we knew that they could do based on their portfolio. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the most part, we wanted to say like, this is the story. We love your style. Like, have at it. And we, you know, we kind of we trusted the artists to, um, you know, be excited about having that freedom and, you know, do what they wanted to do for it. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what they would have wanted as well. I mean, I know when I, whenever I get a briefing, I, I prefer to be a bit more free with it and uh, and yeah, enjoy working on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being being designers ourselves. Yeah, you'd understand that. Yeah. You'd appreciate some of that. Here are the constraints of the story, but you know, roll with it. Definitely, definitely. All right, it's it's fantastic. I mean it's lovely, lovely book and project. Um but how's it doing? Is it is it going well? Everything everything's going well. Yeah, so I mean we really didn't know what to expect. We we thought the idea was cool. We um, we're thrilled with how the whole book came together and the final product of it. So uh, yeah, we launched in um, November and um, we sold out of all of the books that we had ordered uh, over the holidays. So like by January, we had sold out of any, everything and then ordered more. So um, now we're, yeah, just, you know, getting into halls of fames and, you know, working on getting into museums. There, I think there's a lot of different places where the book would do well in addition to mm. just you know um you know individual customers coming to us for the book um yeah. you know museums and halls of fame and bookstores and all of that kind of thing so yeah it's going well fantastic that's great to hear um yeah i, I mean where can people find it i guess where can people buy it if they want to buy it oh yeah um so we ship worldwide um and people can buy it from our website which is theychanged.com and um yeah we've gotten great feedback which has been awesome uh we've heard from you know adults who are really enjoying it and parents who are reading it with their kids every Mm. night um and i think there's such a variety of sports in there that you know it's a little bit of something for everybody yeah, that's, that's a good one. It's probably a really nice learning tool as well to show uh, kids that are into sports and you know, creativity to, to teach them yeah. about athletes and, uh, and design as well and different design mm-hmm. styles. Um, so if there's any parents out there who are listening, definitely uh, get your kid as well. <laughs> so that's great. Um, so the last, the last couple of questions we ask on the podcast, uh, I, you know, I'll go a bit deeper and um, I'd like to find out life advice and, and, and a bit more deep deep stuff about you. So um if you don't mind, the first one's not that deep, but it's uh, your best purchase under a hundred pounds, apart from the book. But. Oh, um, let's see. It doesn't have to be design related. Could yeah, be. yeah. Um, I feel like it's probably something for the kitchen, like some little tool that um, that nice. I that I use all the time that makes things easier. Um, like, wow. Oh. I can't think right now of like like a, our blender. <laughs> it's funny. I make smoothies for my daughters all the time, so probably nice. the blender. It's <laughs> a good answer. That's a good it's, answer. I mean, it's pretty mundane, but <laughs> there you go. It's a great answer. Um, <laughs> I, I just had a thought actually. Uh, have you do you know makers of sport, Adam, over there? Yes. Uh, oh, you do. Oh, great, nice one. Well, uh, at least I mean online. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right. in terms of Instagram, yeah. Oh, that's great then. Um, no, that's good. I was just gonna see if you did, and then introduce you. If not, but yeah, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, do, do you have any life advice for people listening? Oh, um, I'd say focus as much as you can on gratitude, and um, if there's something you want to do, just try it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, especially this past year in quarantine. There, you know, it's turned everybody's lives upside down. It's been hard for for a lot of people people in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, but I find myself now, you know, our girls they've been doing school from home for the past year. You know, logging on and doing all of their classwork, you know, on the computer remotely and everything. But I feel myself now as things are starting to open up and we're getting closer to the vaccine and all of that that I'm really trying to cherish this time, which sounds kind of funny, but, um, you know, we're all at home together. We, you know, have breakfast, lunch and dinner together and yeah, we're on top of each other, but, um, it's just been really wonderful. I really have 
no complaints about, you know, this past year, we've been so blessed and lucky. Um, and, um, yeah, so I'd say gratitude for sure. And then just in terms of, you know, us making this book and the business and everything, just, I think my husband's totally right in terms of entrepreneurship. I mean, like what's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Give it a try. And, you know, life goes on better to, you know, I'd hate to regret not having tried something. Definitely, definitely, and that's, that's I'm really great. I'm I'm very really, uh, glad to hear that. You know, pandemic's been not you know not too bad for you, and that you've treasured mm-hmm. the time and used it wisely. Yeah, definitely. That's a it's a really nice way of thinking about it and and looking at it like that. I mean, you know, over here we've got a couple of weeks left probably um, mm-hmm. before things start to open up again. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm sure everyone wants to go back to playing football and you know going to the pub and and seeing friends and seeing family as well. Um, but if you are in a household uh, with people that you love and yeah, it's it's nice before. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, my parents would appreciate that, but uh, so I don't live with them anymore. But, it, but yeah, definitely, definitely lovely to from a parent's point of view to have kids yeah. around all the time. Yeah, that's nice. I didn't think about it like that. That's that's nice. Mm-hmm. That uh, positive outlook from it. Um, the last question uh, is how do you want to be remembered? Um, well, first and foremost, as a great mom, nice. for sure. Um, that's number one. And then, um, yeah, somebody who made people feel good and made some kind of positive difference, I'd say. Love it. That's lovely. <laughs> um, where can people find you on social media and, and say hello? Yeah, um, on Instagram, it's at They Changed Book. And then um, the website is theychanged.com. Perfect, perfect. And all the information's there. And then I'll also throw in um, the other side, the illustration work that Matt's doing, which is um, yeah. the website is inkandcraft.com. And then Instagram is inkandcraft, I N K N C R A F T. Lovely stuff. Um, the 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 the, um, the book Instagram. Uh, I was just gonna. I was thinking about. Well, have you got any like, plans for that? Because I've seen you post uh, people that maybe aren't in the book and yes. keeping that going and keeping the social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the Instagram for um, for the book really, it's uh, it's really a collection of all kinds of cool sports related illustration that we're finding and just wanting to feature artists. Yeah. So. I'd say the the Instagram for the book, um, they changed book is um, yeah it's a showcase of all kinds of cool art you know art that we're finding. It's definitely not just all about the book. It's all kinds of sports related art that we're finding and featuring different artists. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd just uh, plug that again as in as a, uh, as a as a great resource. I think it's a fantastic resource oh, to, to find for for different styles and, and sports creative so uh, i'll leave a link down in the description obviously and yeah thank you very much for being on the podcast it's just been oh, great thanks so much for having me it was fun <laughs> lovely there you go that is that, is that. done great